0: I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method.
1: She's also my wife, and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom, and she's really cool. She's all that, and she's a
0: superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. episode you'll hear about wellness fitness french allism and lifestyle a tray fucking chic gangster podcast hosted by fitness and wellness french hedonism guru and creator of the method the body yours truly ingrid delamar kenny live from monte carlo monaco on this show you'll find a mix of audio entertainment including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness lifestyle family and relationships and my french holistic tips to be healthy have your best body and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever as well as leaving la belle lifestyle like a chic french gangster Hello and welcome to episode three of Pardon My French. I am your host, Ingrid della kenny and I'm live from beautiful Monaco. Uh, today is Halloween, so I'm recording this for tomorrow, um, and I'm sitting here having a Halloween-themed tea, which is a love biscuit cinnamon tea with my newlin in it, Um, and getting cozy as the weather is getting slightly colder here. Definitely not New York weather by any means, but a little bit cold for us in the south of France where we prefer to go boating and eating outdoors by the shore. Uh, Today is going to be a great episode, I hope. I am bringing on my daughter Savannah, who is 17 years old. You are all very familiar with her if you've migrated from my Instagram. She's always in my stories. She's my psychic. Very often when I do lives, she's a great soundboard for me. She's 17, going on 30 years old for sure. Um, but the reason why I want to bring her on on this podcast is because I feel that she has a great outlook on what it is to deal with body image, self-confidence in this this day and age, uh, especially with the influence of social media, the influence of perfect pictures of influencers on social media, especially uh, Instagram, Snapchat. I know she uses Snapchat a lot. Um, So I I kind of love to hear sometimes her reactions to things she's seen, And she sends me like pictures and, you know, in a private message and and gives me kind of her feedback on what this girl's posting or, you know, whatever product this influencer is selling. Uh, Savannah had a journey of her own because she was born in the United States and raised there until she was about nine years old. Then we moved to Monaco Um, and she was uh, having body weight issues. Like she was heavier than she was supposed to be. Um, And it was almost impossible for me to get her to lose the weight because it's simply very hard to, you know, um, restrict children and put them on a diet. I find it almost cruel. Um, But Savannah had a a problem with being overweight when we moved to France. And within a matter of a few months, changing the products, just the quality of the products, not having the issue of the milk on steroids, like in the United States and even the vegetables being non g n o um she lost it, and uh, you know that that's that's created a whole different persona um, and working with her on keeping her relationship with food healthy um while being mindful and, you know, getting acquainted and adjusted to the French culture of eating in smaller plates and smaller portions and not asking for seconds. It's, it's definitely been um, quite a, like, quite, quite an like, not a hard time, but it's been quite a trip, I want to say, quite a journey. And I'm happy that she'll be on to talk to you about that because I feel like even women in their 30s that are a little bit younger than me can relate to Savannah's story. They can relate to her point of view when it comes to getting on the scale or uh, waking up and having some days where she doesn't feel right in her body or you know, she compares herself to others, which we're working on now. Um, but it's definitely going to be a fun talk and a talk that can bring you in depth on how I, as a mother, also deal with having a child that's a different body type than me, but a gorgeous body nonetheless. So um, I definitely want to be talking when I bring her on later on during the show about how when I created the method, I never set out to have an army of, skinny thin women that was never the idea and that's not even the ideal that I like in a body I like tones sculptural muscles and bodies um, but they come in different shapes and what's great about the method is that it will give you the perfection and the perfecting within your body type it's not trying to turn you into someone else Or someone else's body. And I love that because what this does when a woman walks in, we're not telling her that she has to abide by any type of ideal or standard of what a thin, beautiful body is supposed to be. We're telling her she's going to be a perfect version of herself, a perfected version of herself. The transformation is a transformation of your body, but not into someone else's body. So that teaches self-love. Even as you're going through a weight loss journey or a transformational body journey, you have to keep the self-love and the love for your body. And that's what I teach my clients the minute they walk through the door. No matter what change they're looking for when they come to me, It's to have them understand that their beautiful body is what we're going to work with and the result is going to be their body transformed into a better version of their body, never comparing themselves to someone else. And for me... It was so easy to make this clear to clients that when I deal with it with my children, with my daughters, with Savannah, it's so easy for me to say to her, look, you don't have my body type and you certainly don't want to transform into my body type because you have a gorgeous body type. Savannah has an hourglass figure which I am so jealous of because her waist is so defined and she's curvy and muscular at the same time. Um, so it, it's nice to have that talk and to not do this as a monologue, you know, and have that talk with her. And I also want her so much to talk about why she doesn't get on the scale anymore. And I don't forbid anything Um but she doesn't get on the scale anymore because she just realized that it doesn't give you the whole story. So we'll be talking to Savannah about all of that. And I do think that it's a great insight into the head of a younger woman, you know, going through different hormonal changes than mine uh, or that other different demographies I usually address my messages to. Uh, so I hope some of you will love having her on and, you know, uh will be able to relate to her even more than you can relate to me. Uh, for this portion of the show, before we bring Savannah on, I want to answer some of your questions. And we even, we even have someone that someone um, with a voice message left on um, our podcast, Voice Box. And thank you so much for all the messages you guys left. Uh, but I selected one in particular that I will feature and answer Um, and then on the show notes, I will leave the link again. So you can always go on there and leave a voice message with your questions or your comments. And we pick one that we think is really cool or really relevant to what we want to talk about. And we feature it and we answer it on here. Um, one question here says, how do you build confidence when you're in the middle of losing weight? And it's Pia that asked this question. It's a great question. Um, it's quite difficult to have confidence in the first place when you know that you need to lose weight. So I'm going to say it's all a question of anticipating that what's to come is best, like the best is yet to come. And with weight loss, starting a weight loss journey, you should be so excited, so excited that you're going on this journey, especially if you're doing it with My philosophy, which is not dieting, which means that you won't feel like shit because you're chewing on salad all day or you're not cutting all carbs and you're not counting calories and you're not journaling and you're not counting macros and you're not getting on a scale. So you're already pretty happy if you go my way with my philosophy on your weight loss journey. So I would say you wake up in the morning and you're very excited about this holistic, hedonist. French lifestyle that you're going on and get excited about your results and get excited about what, you know, that what else is out there for you once your results start showing up. So being excited about your energy level, because when you lose weight, your energy level gets such a boost and so does your confidence. So what I would say is the best way to Feel and build confidence as you're in the middle of losing weight is kind of anticipating how good you're about to feel. And that's from day one. If you're using my philosophy, which is an anti-dieting philosophy in a weight loss journey, you should already be excited about that, about that lifestyle change, which is for the better. So that should already boost your confidence. And then give yourself stuff to look forward to, like tokens of appreciation for your body and what it's about to become you know say to yourself for example I'll be able to get into these type of jeans and I'm so excited about that my skin and my complexion are going to look great I will be able to cut my hair this way because my face won't be as round as it was before so you know give yourself great things to anticipate and look forward to and enjoy the new lifestyle that it comes with That's, of course, if you're losing weight, not dieting, but rather changing your mindset and your philosophy and your relationship with food that we have spoken in my previous podcasts. The next question says, what do you think about the celery juice trend, drinking a glass in the morning? Oh, I hate juicing. I don't like juicing very much. Um. I think like this question by Maddie um, says it's a trend. Um, It certainly can't hurt because celery is good for you. But when you're juicing, you're literally stripping out the the nutrients and fiber out of your veggie. So that's pretty much what you're doing with part of your celery. So even if it makes your digestion a bit better... You're not getting all the nutrients. I prefer you make a nice lemon chicken for dinner and cook it with celery and eat it. I will post that recipe very soon. It's a Moroccan recipe with my favorite spice, ras el hanout, some lemon and ginger and meatballs or veal balls with celery. And I would prefer you consume celery this way. Cooking it a little bit at le Tourfait for a few minutes. enough for it to soften up Um, so you ease up your digestion because as you know a lot of raw vegetables will be hard on the digestive, digestive system and will bring your cortisol level up. That's how I feel about juicing and please never ever use a juice as a meal replacement. I know this wasn't the case in this question but I feel like the celery juicing thing is not the next best thing. You're stripping the nutrients out of your veggies when you um, pulverize them into a juice anyways. So can't hurt, but it's definitely not doing you great either. And I know a lot of influencers talk about it and drink them and they add uh, the peptides in there and all that stuff. But like I said, you need to tune out some of the noise that's around you and you need to minimize... Um, all the benefits you're looking for in trends, you know, and and just rely on real food, Um, I I can't stress that enough. So if you want to eat celery because it's good for the digestion and it's an antioxidant and it's good for the gut, it's true. It has all of the benefits, they tell you, but it's definitely more beneficial if you eat real celery you cook it a little bit it has a delicious taste i have amazing recipes i make with celery i prefer you consume it as a real food and veggie than in a juice so let's answer some of our listeners voice message on our podcast voice box Hi, Ingrid. My question for you is all about meals. So you've talked a lot about how you don't go to the grocery store with a set list and you just kind of let the produce tell you what to create. Do you have any go to meals um, that you could kind of break down the recipes for for all of us who maybe aren't as creative as you but want to have a delicious and healthy dinner for our families? Hi, Melissa. Thank you for leaving a message on our voice box. Of course, I can suggest some of my favorite go-to meals in one day. Um, So if you're not intermittent fasting, one of my favorite go-to breakfasts for a weekday where you have to be on the go, and it's better to take time to eat rather than to prepare because, as you know, it's important to eat um, and keep your cortisol level low, so eat slow. Um, An easy prep and fast Uh, breakfast that you can prepare is a plain Greek yogurt or Laban yogurt, which is Lebanese yogurt, which is a great prebiotic, um, and add some chaya seeds, that's fiber, add some inulin in it. Um, You can add a little bit of unsweetened granola, and there's a favorite brand that I will suggest in the show notes. Um, And you could put a little bit of sucrine fiber syrup on that, And that's a great go-to breakfast, adding some berries to it. That's also fiber. It's so satiating, but it's also so great for your digestive system and your gut because it's prebiotic as well as the inulin, the yogurt. Um, So the yogurt is probiotic. The inulin is prebiotic. The fiber, the berries are also antioxidants. And fiber as well. So that's a great breakfast. I promise it will keep you happy and saturated until about 1pm when it's time for lunch. Um, one lunch that I absolutely love is having vibrant looking vegetables with beautiful color. I would love for you to prepare some string beans à l'étouffée. The recipe is on the member page and I will post the link again. Um, and what that means is, à l'étouffée in French means smothered. So, what you do is you cover your veggies as you cook them. Don't put them in water. Add a little bit of garlic, a little bit of salt, a little bit of herbs. Um, and don't put them in water. Just Cover them for a little bit until they soften up, but don't let them become dark. We just want them to soften up enough so they can go through your digestive tract easily. When you don't cook your vegetables enough, then your cortisol level might shoot up because the digestion becomes difficult. So the great thing about this idea to take with you to work, for example, is that you're going to have your string beans like a salad. So what you can do is, once your string beans are cold, you can add a little bit of bell peppers on it. I, I like to mix my bell peppers into colors, so like yellow, green, um, there's an orange bell pepper, you know those tiny little bell peppers. I like to add color to my lunch or to my food, rather, because I feel that it makes me happy and keeps my cortisol level low. And that actually helps so much um, trigger the right hormones. So it keeps your ghrelin hormone from acting up um, because you like what you're looking at. So you're going to prepare your string beans. And once they're cold, you're going to put some bell pepper and red onion on it. Uh, make sure your bell pepper are, bell peppers are cute and have nice colors. And you're going to prepare yourself a little vinaigrette. And if you want to go a little bit gourmet, which I think is fantastic to feel happy about what you're eating, you can find some truffle flavored mustard or truffle flavored olive oil and prepare a very light vinaigrette. And what we do in France, and I will post a recipe, I always show it on my Instagram stories when I prepare it. And it's a big hit even with the kids. I prepare a light vinaigrette and I cut it with water so it's not as concentrate. Um, So you do that. And then on the side, you grill yourself some chicken. You can even eat it cold. So that's great. That's not something you have to heat up. Um, So you don't have to eat it up, which is, I think, takes away from your worry about heating up your lunch. Um, And the most important thing is to spice it up and give it flavor so you can titillate your your taste buds and at the same time makes that makes you feel satiated by the way. Giving yourself pleasure by eating makes you feel satiated. So don't just eat mechanically. Don't just eat a salad for the sake of fucking eating a salad and being a cow. I can't say it enough. You know next time you want to eat a salad just imagine yourself as a cow and you're not gonna like that image. And that's exactly why I say titillate your taste buds, you know, put some spices on your chicken. So that's why I like Rasul Hanout, which means um, in in Arabic, it means the best in the store. So Rasul Hanout, you can find it a little bit everywhere. It's become a trendy spice, a Moroccan spice. Um, It has a bunch of the best Moroccan spices all mixed together. And you put it on your chicken. And all you have to do is grill it. Put a little bit of Himalayan salt on it. Um, I will talk about Himalayan salt in other and the benefits of it as a mineral um, in another podcast. Because that's quite a bit of information in this one already. And grill that chicken. And the other thing I want to say, if you're taking your lunch with you to work, don't put it in a plastic Tupperware. Plastic is not pleasant. It's also not French. Put it in a glass Pyrex. I don't care what you have to do to transport it, but see it as a self-care effort. And that's your lunch. And then for dinner, if you need to be making something quick, you'll be using exactly the same spices as the chicken I just described. And you're going to make some kefta. So kefta is like meatballs but you just um, you just form them a little bit more in an oval shape, so you get a little bit more meat than a meatball. Um, and you're going to add all these spices, and you're going to add cumin. Cumin is an incredibly tasty spice, and it's also good for you. Um, and you're going to add maybe parsley, and you're going to add coriander, and you're going to put it on a grill or on a plancha, or on a tefal, on a tefal pan or something like that, and you're going to cook it slowly. Now you should know that the French eat their meat uh, medium rare. They never eat it well done completely because they want to keep the juiciness of the meat and the nutrients of the meat. So I know it's not very American, but I've learned to eat my meat medium rare. Um, and it's also more satiating when you do, because your meat feels less dry. And so it means it feels more filling and appealing. And on the side, you can make a Mediterranean salad. And I'm very lucky because Savannah, my daughter, um, who you heard on this podcast, uh, cuts all the veggies for me. And so we make like a small, almost like a cop salad with cucumber, tomato, red onion. We put a lot of lemon juice and citronelle. um, and we add garlic, and we add mint, uh, and some amazing uh, European black olives, or Greek olives, and we make this salad on the side, and we'll make another veggie, or we'll put some sweet potatoes with garlic, and just, you know, a thread of olive oil, and stick it in the oven, and make like sweet potato chips on the side, um, and maybe a little bit of hummus, homemade hummus, if you have time. But if you don't have time, you don't even have to do that. You can buy some tzatziki, which is the Greek dip, uh, and it's, it's a great probiotic also, and use it instead of using any type of ketchup or anything like that. And that makes a very exotic, Mediterranean, healthy meal. So that's it for your question, Melissa. I hope I've answered it. We've all been waiting for this. Let's welcome Savannah, my daughter, to the podcast. Hey, Savannah. So, bitch, sit down. Be humble.
1: I'm so fucking sick and tired of the Photoshop. Show me something natural, like Afro and Richard Pro. Show me something natural, like ass with some stretch marks. Bitch, sit down. Be,
0: Be humble. humble. Okay. Well, now that's out of the way, my little rapper. Welcome to Pardon My French. (laughs) Hi,
1: everyone.
0: Um, You know what? Talking about Photoshop, let's talk about Photoshop. I think it's a big part of talking about dieting and a healthy um, self-confidence and, you know, body image. So I do want to talk to you about Photoshop because you and I are constantly uh, exchanging on Messenger where you're sending me this post of people that upset you and mainly influencers and I get upset with you for sure because it is you know a sham and it's a shame um and I do think that our listeners might benefit from hearing what we think about this totally give me one give me one great example we have so many no naming, though. We, we're not going to shame nobody because I do feel that anybody that has to get to a point of photoshopping is dealing with a personal issue. Yeah. So we're not going to shame a name. Um, that's not about judging, but it's definitely on the influencer level, like those social media influencer. What are they influencing? And, you know, why are they photoshopping to influence?
1: Well, I think they're mostly photoshopping to influence in some sort of way because they think that that's their standard of beauty, but the problem with that is that that standard of beauty isn't even obtainable by anyone.
0: I agree. In so give me an example. Way. Give me this one you sent me not too long ago that was like...
1: Um, Maybe it was like...
0: Uh, don't give the name though.
1: No, I don't think I gave the name, but I think it wasn't it like a crooked wall or something like crooked wall yeah Yeah, there's lots of things even um at my age i've seen that people just like the walls falling down behind them just to make their waist skinnier
0: so you know the one that you said with the wall was she's an ex miss universe is that know, the one, I think, I think, think right?
1: It's just, I don't really remember. I just know that I come across lots of them, and I send you, like, every single time I find them, like, look at that. Because yeah. it's like it's not funny, but it's just, it's a weird approach, and so I go, and I show it to you, like, wow.
0: It's not know, funny. On, it's not on top of it, I think that it makes people feel bad. Yeah. You know, the person that goes and photoshops their waist feels bad, and the people that are looking at this person might feel bad too. Like the one influencer I was, we were talking about that you sent me her image the other day. Um, what was upsetting me about her is I think she has a, she has a sponsorship deal with Calcedonia or something like that, which oh, is underwear God. and bathing yeah. suit. Okay. And then she also advertises for supplements. And she's gorgeous. She is, well, I mean, we've seen her in movies because she, you know, crossed over oh, yeah. pretty well, okay. remember? We saw her in that movie. And she, you know, she's very active on Instagram. She's stunning. Obviously, she has a lot of influence as far as whatever she tells people to buy. There's a horde of women that will go and buy it. Um, but she photoshops. And the worst part is, in the next stories on her stories, she'll be binging on huge pizza pies, and huge hamburgers and fries. And I find that so fucking offensive. It really is. Like, what does that mean? Like, bitch, who are you? Do you have like superhero hero metabolism? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Like,
1: was
0: it, yeah. I'm um, not hating on women that can eat anything they want and not get fat. But The fact that you're photoshopping your waist means that you're not one of them. I was once one of them. When I was 16, 17, I could eat whatever I wanted and um, not gain weight. But I also think that I'm 41. So, you know, we're talking about the 80s and 90s and the food back then. Even a hamburger was healthier than it is today. So by all means, you could kind of like binge. And I used to. I used to not care what I ate back then because every food I ate was, you know, kind of healthy, no matter what, the meat was not injected with shit, you know, the vegetables were non-GMO, but we didn't even talk about GMO, nothing was, you know, um, genetically modified at the time, but this girl, she upsets the fuck out of me, because today, unless you're, you know, um, like a porn star, and you're on Instagram showing your tits and ass and waist for guys to come and say, oh, baby, you look so good. The rest of us and those women, like Miss Universe, Miss whatever, they have mostly a following of women and young women and young girls that look up to them and listen to them and that they influence. Mm -hmm. So when they Photoshop the waist and then in the next story, they're binging on hamburgers and pizzas and, and, you know, like do it like, oh, yeah, I can eat whatever I want. I don't think that's fair for the people that they influence when then they go sell a supplement because that person on the other side is like, hey, you know, she her waist is tiny. They don't notice the crooked wall. I don't know how people don't notice that of fucking crooked come wall.
1: Across it and they don't
0: even it's like those bitches' houses are like falling apart if you look at their pictures, <laughs> like their walls, their doors. Uh, you know. Everything.
1: Just like the- from the frame of the door to, like, the window to the lamp next to them to anything. It's,
0: like, crazy. Don't you like- see the freaking crooked shit around you? But anyways, um, we're not judging the girl that's doing it just for entertainment purposes. I
1: think what we want to, like, really say is that we're not really judging the person who does it. There's just something that's kind of sad behind it that they have to feel the need yeah. to do that after when they see those influencers, they feel like the need to actually just go and result and do the same thing because, hey, you know what? If she can do it and that just makes you know her feel good, then hopefully maybe I'll, I'll feel better once I start doing it too.
0: That's the thing though. I don't think that the people that are influenced by those influencers that portray this perfect image realize that a lot of this is either Photoshop or you're looking at an influencer that has, you know, a makeup artist, a hairstylist, a photographer on hand following them everywhere that makes every picture look absolutely perfect. They have a a coach that, that travels with them to train them. They have, you know, someone who airbrushes their abs with a tan. So the people that are on the other side looking at this perfection across Instagram not only do they get influenced, but they start believing in some standards of beauty that are not attainable naturally. Yeah. And that's where I think it hurts you, me, the postpartum mama who doesn't feel good about her body, even though she just gave birth and her body's a miracle worker. You know, so that's Instagram is magical in so many ways. I've met some of my closest friends on Instagram. You know, Lauren from the Skinny Confidential is my friend. I adore her. We became so close. And that was the magic of Instagram. And now you're close to Lauren. She yeah, knows the whole I family. She knows us all. You love just, her. Exactly. more like
1: a friend than someone we met through Instagram. It just, it became something so genuine and real. So.
0: Exactly. So that's the magic of Instagram. I've, I met my friend Elena on Instagram and I adore her.
1: She's the one that did that funny cocaine Yes,
0: video, she? she's the one. She's the one with the cheekbones like us. Gorgeous. She's really, funny. she's really funny. but you know what? She's also a great soundboard for me. She's like, she's giving me some of my best business advice. She's, you know, totally relaxed me and like, let me put my stress level down a notch. When I got bullied on Instagram, she was there for me. We have, we, we talk every day. You know, so there's the magic of Instagram. I've gone some amazing business opportunities on Instagram. This this amazing audience that we have, mostly all of this audience that I have that's supporting me through what I do, that's supported me to tell my story, to speak up about Dylan, that to speak up about what's happened to me in my life, all these people that haven't judged me, you know come from instagram so that's the magic of instagram but there is a tiny little devil in instagram one is the photoshop and all of these influencers um, that you know give you this perfection and some people don't know how to take it with a grain of salt realizing that there's a lot of work behind those perfect pictures um and there's the bullies the people that hide behind their screens to body shame women or to skinny shame women you know what um the other day i found out about a girl that skinny shames people so it's not just people that are considered overweight compared to standards that i don't know who the fuck makes these standards up anyways yeah. and we're going to talk about that but you know so that there's a there's a tiny little bit of evil and devil in instagram and i wish people would realize that you know the people that influence you me included um it's not all that perfect picture that you see like Savannah when she takes pictures of me sometimes we have to take like 36 pictures or just give up or just give up like okay today's just not my day yeah. I just look fucking pregnant it's, you
1: know how many times it's happened um to, to just be like you know today's really not the day you tried everything every position possible and it just didn't work out and even sometimes like I see a picture of myself and it just upsets me how how I think that like I look bad or something and that that can happen
0: from these
1: standards of beauty you're like oh my god this shouldn't be there but maybe it actually should be it's natural that it's there but you have well, a lot of, no. you know
0: it's like pictures are capture moments so difficult. it's very difficult but it's like at which point do you decide to go alter it completely to look like a different person and I mean we do better our pictures with nice filters and lighting. you know denoising and lighting and But when it comes to, you know, deforming your body to look like something else and some people will say, well, that's because my body doesn't really look like that in real life. I look skinnier. The camera added some pounds and I agree with that, but it would be better to just change the angle. That's what I do, because I feel like if I cross over to, you know, shrinking my waist or shrinking my arm because it was taken in a bad angle it says something from me to myself Mm -hmm. that is not good. And that's what I'm trying to say. So those influencers are bitches. They better sit down and be fucking humble, you know? And um, I, you know, I believe in that. I believe that there's there's a thin line. Whoever is photoshopping but is not influencing anyone to buy any type of supplement or diet or, you know... um, whatever at, at some point they were even advertising those remember the corsets that uh even the Kardashians were wearing yeah, the, those uh um, waist uh um, waist, trainers, waist trainers. trainers actually someone sent me uh sent me a, a question about the waist trainers and I think they're fucking bullshit I'll tell you the only time that you should be using a waist trainer or a girdle which is an old time you know trick of my mom's and her mom before her When I gave birth to Dylan 19 years ago, I got home and my mom had like one of those bands and she banded me up. I thought that I was gonna throw up my guts, but she explained that it was an old trick, an old grandmother's trick, right after you give birth to wear a super tight girdle so that your organs all go back into place. Cause the baby yeah, pushes, so why
1: are they using them? They don't but to to put back in the exactly.
0: Place. But once you've given birth and like two, three weeks have passed, bitch, that, that ship has sailed. So why are you wearing a waist trainer? Like just go to the gym and find the right exercise. And some of those waist trainer wearing people, I don't know what you call them. Weirdos, trolls, whatever. Um, ridiculous. Um, Need to know that if they're going to tell me, well, I work out and it doesn't work, my waist still doesn't look small. Well, that's because you're not doing the right workout. Because let me tell you, if you do some real obliques, even like the method obliques, like the teasers and twist and dives or any type of other obliques with bar or with bar classes or Pilates, you're going to shrink your waist. But of course, if you're doing Russian twists with a 30-pound weight in your hands um you're going to get thick it's just you know the law of gravity so yeah so that's that for um photoshopping i i don't you know i i don't even want to get more into it other than I don't
1: think there's anything else to say
0: so. no not for us because it's not into judging but what i do want to talk about and i think that this is why it's great that you're on this podcast is you and I look a lot alike, and we share uh, some significant facial traits, uh, our cheeks. Very
1: true.
0: Um, we hear it all the time, and people are often wondering if we shared the same needle when we injected our cheeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So no, Savannah's 17 years old, and she's nowhere near the age that she would be allowed to inject anything. So her cheeks, her, her cheeks they're actually mine, yeah. and my father's cheeks before me. It. Yeah, and our cheeks are natural. So you people that send us messages, you need to have an open mind. It's not because we look different from you or what you know that we necessarily went and relied on plastic surgery. I have nothing against plastic surgery. If you don't like it, fix it. And it's no one business what you chose to do. I do Botox on my forehead all the time because I like it nice and, you know, Uh, tight and pulled Uh, so you know I have nothing against injections but my cheeks my cheeks and Savannah has the same ones and not long ago I actually looked at some pictures and noticed that she wasn't smiling uh, a full smile and she reminded me of me at the same age um, because I was very self-conscious about the size of my cheeks so I used to suck them in and smile a small smile And when I noticed that, I took her aside and I said, you know, your cheeks today, they're in style. Women go and, you know, they have surgery and injections to get those cheeks. So stop smiling. I used to do the same as you, but I've learned to embrace the beauty of mine. Um, Unfortunately for me, Savannah's biological father met me when I was 17. And my cheeks were in full swing. And he told me that I had a face like a fridge.
1: But the thing with these cheeks is that they're great and all, but they don't always pop out in the right places like I can I can't <laughs> smile with my cheek with, with my with Yes, my you teeth. can. They pop my, out in the right my, places. With my teeth like down there it looks like I have a a whole jaw thing going on, you know. It's you like, do have a jaw thing. It's, it's a, called bone
0: structure. It's
1: like so, you know, it comes with its pros and cons like it's
0: there's a lot of protein. But you don't look like a
1: fridge. You never look like But like. you
0: know what? He actually apologized for the whole how 17 years of our it? marriage.
1: I see, like, But I was like, rounder I'm, when I was your age. I trying to figure out how that could look like a fridge. If we're all familiar with the fridge, it's rectangular. Well, you know? anyways, a...
0: your biological father, who turned out to be a very nice guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, told me that when I was 17, and Danny spent 17 years apologizing for saying that. But it stayed with me and it made me so self-conscious. And I started to love my cheeks when Savannah turned 15 and she started to get them. And I started to look at her like, wow, she's so pretty. She's so exotic. And of course, I know every monkey is beautiful in his mother's eyes. But Savannah's gorgeous. And I know she is because people tell me all the time, "Ooh, this one is going to be you know, a big problem for you with the boys, and I think people are right. You already are. Um, But, you know, so I noticed that you weren't smiling, and I wanted to address the fact that there's norms, and I don't know who the make, who the fuck makes makes up those norms, and I hate norms. And so, as I was saying, you and I have a lot of the same Facial bone structure but we definitely don't have the same body type except you inherited my boobs
1: okay a little come on your boobs
0: yeah you inherited my boobs
1: I okay we're just being clear i didn't inherit the full size Mine kind of deflated when i went down my little body transformation journey but i mean yes i'm happy to have a little bit of what i can call her boobs
0: <laughs> yeah yours your boobs are hot anyways um, my, um, um, don't tell me you're coming on here. On pardon my French, which has been labeled explicit, and I can't talk openly about your hot boobs. You
1: can, but
0: it's just and we could talk about your hot booty too while we're at it. Okay, mom, thank you. <laughs> Are you embarrassed yet?
1: I'm not embarrassed yet. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Something embarrassing yeah, yet.
0: it's coming. Um. Anyways, what I was saying is that you and I have a lot of the same facial, uh, you know, feature. structure and features, but we don't have the same body. And you've never, ever been jealous of my body.
1: It's true. You've told me that a few times, uh, asking how it's possible I haven't been jealous. But I
0: know how it's possible because I have been teaching you and showing you. Because we look at women a lot. And we love women's body. We're always like on the beach like, wow, that girl looks hot. And we're not lesbians. We just love, I mean, you know, with the method, I have to love the architecture of the body. It's like something I'm passionate about, but I don't, like I said before, when I introduced you, I don't know if you were here when I recorded it, but I was saying that when I did, when I created the method, it was never to make an army of women that look, you know, thin and like a stick and all the same. I knew, and I wanted to sculpt different kinds of bodies, and it's called them all beautiful, but in their own ways and own categories, and one not more beautiful than the other, and I love your body, but your body is different from mine, for sure, yes, yeah. and it's never been an issue for you, and I think that for someone who's had, no, I'm saying since you have this, now the, the weight that you want, but now, yeah, but, but I, I we're gonna six, talk so. about that. I said it in the introduction. Yeah. Um, I said that you you had a weight loss journey, and you were overweight. Um, but I associate that with you know the um bad quality of the food in the states because I didn't cook, fast food. I didn't oh, give you guys, yeah. as a matter of fact, we used to eat kosher back then, so you had never even stepped a foot into a McDonald's. Until we came to France. And you still had, you know, body issues. Like, you you, you needed to lose weight. But,
1: like, badly. But and medically. It was becoming unhealthy. Yeah, I was becoming medically and just physically unhealthy. For uh, sure. And
0: for me, it was such a struggle because I had never dieted. i I always been mindful of what I eat, but I had never dieted. But I did find that even my body changed when we moved to France. You know, I found it less inflated like even and less i felt less inflammation in my gut you know i felt like my hormones were even more leveled when i moved to france and i know for sure it had to have the same effect on you because we came here you were nine years old i think 10 or 10 um and that's a time that's hormonal also you're like just about to have your period and it took a few months and a little bit of mindful eating, but just the fact that I was saying, just the fact that we change, you know, the quality of the crops and produce and whatever, just the French products and Italian products, because we ate a lot of Italian cheese and stuff. It's Italy being so close to Monaco, and you lost all that weight.
1: You know, like, due to that change, it made everything really hard. My period even came later. Yeah. You know, because you told me something about when you do, like, excessive sports or something, yeah. it can do something to your hormones. Yeah.
0: And the genetically it. modified, you know, products, even carrots, even tomatoes, whatever. Yeah. And the milk, I think the milk in the States brings on this, the period later than it should and all that stuff. So for you, the transformation came when we came to France. And, you know, it's, it's been amazing to see how we were able to build your confidence from there, because I think when a person loses a lot of weight, part of their fat person personalities stay with them out of habit, and they have a weird way of looking at themselves in the mirror, like almost deformed way of looking at themselves in the mirror, and you went through that.
1: I did, and I like, still like, you struggle sometimes. I spoke to you about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, we do um, have
0: these open talks oh, about wow, it.
1: Like, some days are just really bad, and I see an image of myself that apparently isn't me, because my mom tells me it really isn't, and I trust her 100%. Because when it comes to my weight, I told her to speak to me as my best friend and not my mom. That way she's not like subjective, you know what I mean? You always spoke I'm to more me. objective. Yeah, objective. That. Sorry. You always told me things as they were. When it came to my weight, I was like, "You can't be my mom. Be like you're beautiful. You know all that. You need to like be real and tell me if there's something I can." And guess. I was. And, and there were. were times
0: where I I was with a I lot of I love, remember. but I had to be, um, you know. And in France, when you walk around with a kid that's a little bit overweight, people here tend to judge you because it's not the norm. Being overweight in France is not the norm. So I remember when we arrived here, some people looking at me like they could almost like call social services on me. I think
1: and here it's it's some I think it just proves that you're not taking care of your child. No, well it now, just or?
0: proves that here obesity has not become the norm in yeah, the course. states it they made it wow. so easy for people to be overweight every portion we always talk about that in the states is i mean outrageously extra extra sure. large you know the clothing you find extra you know what's it called like um the plus, seven, plus size uh, yeah um you know and in france you don't have access to all this facility and you know easy
1: yeah so it makes you
0: you it makes you where you're it makes you healthy in a way you know i mean of course some people here are struggling with health issues for sure and but those people are considered to have a medical issue whereas in france being overweight is a norm and that leads me to want to talk about body image it's super important for me that we discuss and we tell everyone how I got you to look at your body type as beautiful, and how like it's such a trend, and not even a trend. I think everyone's done that. I've done that in the past. Like I've always like I've looked even at one of Shields' ex-girlfriends and said, okay, you know, look at her body and look at mine, whatever. I think we all go through these moments of insecurity. Um, but your body type, we've spoken about so much because it's different from mine, and. I think I got you to really love your body type and embrace it and realize that when you started to do rowing, mm-hmm. because you're in the Monaco rowing team, which I think it's an incredible sport. First of all, it's a beautiful sport, but it's, it's it's an incredible sport. I don't even think I would be capable of you know doing what you do. And I think it's also great for the cortisol because you're on water. You're, yeah of course. actually on water it's great for cortisol the pace is kind of slow it's not a fast fast pace but the efforts are monumental I and mean, of course. you are strong it's incredible and you build incredible muscle and we'll talk about that after because i, I want to talk about how you know you don't get on the scale um, yeah it's important to reason. speak about that and i think it's important for people that are into fitness like us to realize that, you know, the scale doesn't tell the whole story, but let's talk about body types. I remember when you and I were having conversations about standards of beauty and how I felt like it was so distort. It's, at the time, it used to be super distorted by the magazines, and now your generation is dealing with something even worse in a sense because it gives you a access on a daily basis, 24 hours, Uh, Out of the day, you have access to your phone and to apps like Snapchat and Instagram. And you're watching Kim Kardashian, for example, you know, who did this stuff on her arms, like she did this operation. You know, and I mean, she's allowed. I, you know, I'm not judging, but I'm saying all this stuff makes you look at your body. And potentially as a young woman, and even an older woman, because I'm guilty of it. I did it in times I was insecure in my relationship or whatever. You know, I've done it. You go, you compare yourself to another woman. Always. Yeah, but what I want to say to women is what I said to you, and I think that my finally my message got across to you because now when you look at women and you want to compare, I see that you pick out women that are more of your body type, mm-hmm. and, and that's so important, because to me, I would compare your body type to the Latina, which you know I love, no. because my favorite person ever, and you know how I think she's a goddess of beauty, <laughs> you know who I'm going to say? Yeah, I do. Jennifer Lopez, I think her body, I mean, this woman's 50 today, no? Yeah, she's beautiful. But she's, she's uh, been beautiful wow. since, like, 20 years ago, She is stunning. I mean, she has abdominals. She doesn't have, like, saggy anything.
1: And she doesn't have twig legs. No, she she has stunning legs. muscular Muscular. legs that are quite, like, you know, not, like, twig or anything close to skinny.
0: Exactly. And you know what? There was a time in her life where she was skinnier, and I didn't like her as much. But your body, and I think that's how I got my point across to you, is very similar to hers.
1: And so you and
0: I we can't compare our body types at all and today I give you this tool to look at someone who you think is absolutely magnificent and yet maybe doesn't fit the standard of beauty that you see when you look at so much social media Mm -hmm. I mean the noise of social media you know is draining to me and then you have Gigi Hadid and Mm, the Jenner girl what's her name The one Kendall Kendall Jenner and gorgeous girls, whatever, just different body types. First of all, they're like, I don't know, six feet tall, which we're not, you know. And, you know, um, they're gorgeous, but they're gorgeous, each one in their own right and in their own body type. And I want women to know that even for my daughter, I had to kind of like take her perspective of what beauty is And explain to her that beauty comes in a lot of different kinds of bodies. And sculpting a body doesn't mean you're going to go and change the body type. You're going, you can't change bone structure. No, you're going to just enhance, you know. You can perfect it. And any kind of body can become absolutely gorgeous in its own right. And it's in its own category. And that's exactly what it is with you. Like you have this magnificent figure. So unlike my body type, your waist is more defined technically. And I love that. And so I think that the fact that when you go compare yourself, and I catch you once in a while. Like you have to, you know, I catch you once in a while. You're young. You're 17 years old. you you waver, and It's normal. Hmm. And I'm like, are you comparing yourself to someone who's like, seven feet tall are you like seriously like you know yeah,
1: yeah I, I tend to uh to try and uh, find someone who can resemble like um I don't know who I wish can like kind of define who, who I could be but then I realize like you make me realize that I can't be like that and have the assets i have you Honestly, know like you, you
0: wouldn't be beautiful were yeah, any other way that you,
1: you like are. people you know like they say like they, you you wouldn't be you without this you wouldn't be you without this like you can't go and decide you want to take parts of people and decide that you want to put them on yourself
0: but see that's again so that's why where when i tell people like also about dieting like people <laughs> you have to denoise stop taking in so much information there's just so much you can process process and apply at one time I mean people are going on the ketogenic diet and at the same time they want to go on a high fiber diet and at the same time they want to be doing juicing but is that unhealthy to do all that stuff at once at some point it becomes counterproductive okay you know you're overwhelming first of all your brain you're overwhelming your stress level because you have so many things you need to abide by um you're calculating uh you know macros and calories and carbs and uh, having bulletproof coffees and whatever else. And I think you're overwhelming your brain, mm-hmm. you're overwhelming your stress level, bringing your stress and your cortisol level high. You're polluting your life with a lot of rules that you shouldn't have to abide by. And, you know, it's, it's kind of the same with the whole body image mm-hmm. issue. You can't keep on looking at all these accounts Without taking into consideration what's behind it, yeah, some of it is genetics, a lot of it is, you know, um, some of these people. I mean, even some professional uh, dietitians and nutritionists. Sometimes you look at them and you're like, they t- they tell you, uh, okay, so if you do my diet, you can spend less time at the gym, and you know, it's like for me that's such bad advice. Mm. I'm not saying, and you know, if you've listened to my podcast before, if you've seen everything I've published on Instagram before, you know I'm not one of those people that's all for gym rats, people that spend a lot of time at the gym. Of course, yeah. I think that extreme exercising, you know, eventually is also counteractive and makes people fatter Mm -hmm. because it brings the cortisol level high because you're abusing your body, you're punishing it instead of nurturing it. But telling people to diet so they have to exercise less, it's like, it's really that cupcake America. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always say that. It's like a, you know, a mentality. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Like, and oh, the-
0: no, you didn't lose weight? Oh, here's a cookie anyways for trying. Yeah, in France, crazy. the mentality is like so different. Mm-hmm. We don't reward uh, when there's no result in a way. And I'm not saying that there should be a reward for losing weight. That's not what I'm saying. But it's like in the state, it's like everything is honky dory Sugar-coated, it, You know, maybe? sugar-coated. And I, I find that that's so wrong because the more you sugarcoat, the more your waistline is going to get fat. Mm-hmm. So telling people, if you have my protein powder um, and you go to the gym for only two hours a week, then you'll be in more muscles because you're feeding your body protein powder. That's fucking bullshit. Okay, that's like the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. Straight up. And I mean, straight up. If you think some of the infomercials you used to hear 10 years ago, selling you some really serious, like, okay, if you're going to believe that shit, then I have a bridge to sell you. (laughs) Seriously. Like, no. So we need to stop buying into fads and magic stuff. So when we were talking about sugar coating, it's also like the magical pill thing. Like, please stop. Everything is a labor of love. I don't want to say hard work. I hate the idea of having to suffer to be beautiful. That is an old saying and it's bullshit. You just have to, you know, apply love and time for your body. And if that means going to work out, make sure you love your workout. There are so many things out there that you can do with your body, for your body that you can start loving. And the truth is, if the workout that you're doing is not feeling natural to you or it looks ugly, like the movements look completely ugly, which means that they're not flowing with your body, then that's probably not the workout you want to be doing. And that's probably not the results you want. Think about it.
1: You know, like the fact of uh, when you say that beauty shouldn't be pain, um, coming like to exercises and things like that sometimes, uh, I feel like it even makes you feel good. Like that kind of, um, let's say when you're exercising and there's something that hurts, even that hurt, it, it makes you feel powerful. It makes yeah. you feel like you're really working your body. Yeah.
0: And If like, you love it, if you love what you're doing, but very ever so often, I hear people saying, you know, I hate going to the gym. Yeah. And so what do they do? They find a dietitian or a nutritionist that tells them, oh, gosh, what, do you hate going to the gym? Do mm-hmm. this diet so you don't have to go as much to the gym. I call bullshit I call bullshit I call bullshit. I make you fun of me you bitch no but like But like, I call bullshit I, I agree it's like it's trying to find a loophole to like your body yeah well. and like not, the truth is there's no loopholes like, like there are no loopholes. you know I say it again and again like each time people tell me like oh my god your hair what do you do what do you use uh I, I'm I'm no and food my hair food the food I eat my hair has never looked this good than since I started to eat real food here in Europe. Like, I didn't have a love of vegetables the way that I do here, because the vegetables, even, look, Mami, my mom, she calls her mamie, her grandmother, um, is now visiting here from Miami. Because she lives in Miami. And the first thing she said when we sat at lunch today, she was like, Oh oui, uh, les légumes en, France, uh, en Miami sont dégueulasses. Yeah, like she so made, that translates she to vegetables in Miami are freaking disgusting. She,
1: can, she feels like she can't eat meat. She feels like she can't
0: eat proper fish. Yeah. She feels like she can't really get anything. And, uh, yeah, and the cool thing, and thing is, so she's good. she's way too, like, old now to go on the internet and look for a farmer that's going to deliver it to her. But actually, I think that now I've given this advice to so many people. And her being French, she still manages to be, like, thin and, you know, healthy, but she does miss the real good stuff. And I think I'm I'm going to go and look for a farmer somewhere around, even, you know, outside of Miami, she to deliver it to her.
1: Because, you know what, I think it even speaking about that kind of made her unhappy, like just thinking about how good the food is here and how yeah. she's not able to obtain that fruity peach that's actually a real one when she wants water. Just you could tell that it wasn't something she's used to because she's used to but that they, There
0: are ways. Everything. So if you are young and living in the United States, you can go out of your way. The way you would go out of your way to go to a certain makeup artist Or to go get veneers on your teeth. Because it's true. People in the States go out of their way to go get injections. Sometimes they fly to a different state to get a nose job from the perfect doctor or get a boob job. But for their vegetables, they go around the corner. So it's like it's about changing your priorities. So my mom, you know, she's 79 years old today. So she really cannot go out of her way. I would need to take care of this for her and make sure that I find some farmer somewhere that can deliver it to her. And I'm going to do that because I do believe that it adds yours to to your life for sure. Um, But, you know, as far as my listeners are concerned, if you're going out of your way to go to a gym, to go attend a certain Pilates class with someone famous, if you're going to, uh, you know, um, to a certain plastic surgeon that's, you know, an hour and a half away from where you live, then... You can give your body the courtesy of going out of your way and far away from around your corner to find better fruits, better vegetables, better meat. Don't just go for labels that make your meat a little bit more expensive because it's grass fed, supposedly. That's too easy to believe what's on labels. Again, if you're going to believe what's on, on labels, then I have a bridge to sell you. All these supplements that you guys are buying and you don't even know what's in them and the protein powders with the whey, whey is not all that good for you. What is whey? It's shit. Okay. Not always, but most whey's are definitely not something that someone regular like you and me needs to be consuming. Originally, the the Arnold Schwarzenegger time with the bodybuilders, they needed to supplement with protein powders uh to build those youth muscles, but they were also very careful with there, their. There's
1: the word bodybuilder. Bodybuilders,
0: body but they they were they strength. were spending a lot of time in the gym, and they were also very informed on the type of you know diet they need to be following. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's very tiny portions, eating several times in the day, but. That doesn't apply to people like you, me or no, the girl no, that's, no, you know, but that's, power. that's again, that's believing what's on labels. So it's the same thing. You're going to go to the supermarket to, or to Whole Food, and just believe everything they tell makes, you. It makes
1: it sound easy.
0: It's easier. And I believe that the body deserves more courtesy than just believing what's on labels, especially if you're in the United States. So, that being said, I know you said before you wanted to talk about something, I think the scale, we uh, need to be tapping on the scale. it's
1: like now, I'm uh, realizing more and more uh, how important it is to me to not step on the scale and to give in to what it tells me as far as numbers.
0: I agree. Well, you know I hate numbers. <laughs> yeah. We, hate we, numbers. All we all know I that. I don't like the fucking equations of macros, calories, and I, I can't see that enough. I feel the same about the scale of weighting your food. That's also another thing that I, I find
1: that once. ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how people have the time to weigh their food going, "Oh today I ate 250 grams of quinoa. And I'm like, "Do you carry around a little scale?" and just decide Some, to people do. Some people like, do.
0: Some people do. I don't understand this. It's so stressful, so stressful. But I understand why people jump on those bandwagons. because people are looking for solutions, and they have professionals some of them doctors telling them to, you know, put a number on everything. And yet we keep on complaining about not wanting to be just a number, you know, where, whether it That's comes true. to social security administration and all that stuff. Don't just be a number. Who cares what your weigh is? You know, it's like Savannah has these incredible muscles. And each time you exercise, you're I'm sure when you go on the scale you're heavier we've had this talk before yeah, 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 yeah. and it's happened to you to get into your good genes and they fit you better and you go I don't understand when I go on the scale it tells me I'm I'm heavier yeah. but my genes tell me I'm skinnier I'm like well then you better listen to your genes because what matters is you know just, how you look it
1: makes it harder because you want to believe that you um since you made an effort you changed And you went through that process of like uh, getting better. And then you go on the scale and you're like, wait, but I didn't. And all of a sudden you see your face fall and you're just like.
0: So you're getting on to what I want to say. The scale. I have a scale in my bathroom. I use it to weigh my dog. I weigh my dog. We weigh Lola. (laughs) We weigh Lola. Often because we want to travel with her and she's borderline um, where she has to go in the like with the luggage so we weigh her but I don't use the scale for anything else um, and the reason for that is you when you go on the scale in the morning you're literally putting yourself through a lottery a roller coaster every morning like you're playing the lottery are you going to be happy or sad you get on that scale and the number that scale is going to give you is going to define if you're happy or sad if you've been bad or good why give so much power power to an instrument to a number the only number that should count is the number on your bank account
1: well i i think so
0: yeah. or not even that the only number that should count is the amount of likes that you have no i'm just joking <laughs> That's just the I <laughs> that was like actually
1: just said. yeah like,
0: actually no there's really no number that counts and certainly not the number on the scale it It's just the scale lies. There's so much that comes into effect. Um, for example, when you're about to have your period, your water, your water exactly. Know. So you'll be about uh, two pounds more. Like, so who has time to go and start making graphs and statistics of how the scale was affected Don't so that's BMI. that's the big thing that that's, ha- that's happening it's like people get on the scale then they realize they gained a pound or two so they start trying to justify by say, well better maybe because I had like so much water and can we talk about water do you know that people go and do this water drinking challenge
1: no
0: yeah so yeah so that. somebody asked me to talk about cellulite and I'll talk about it Maybe in another podcast. That's a lot for today. Um, But cellulite. Some people go on this water drinking challenge. Like some motherfucker just made up a challenge telling me how much humanly I should be drinking. So they determine that you have to drink like three, four liters a day. And so people go and bring themselves to a point of barfing. But they've drank the water and they won the freaking challenge. What's that like? It's like an ice bucket challenge. No. It tells you that this will make you thinner. But guess what? We have an intuition. Hello? It's on the shelf over there. Can you go get it? No, but seriously, you have an intuition. If you're fucking thirsty, you drink. If you're not drinking enough, you know you're not drinking enough. So you go drink. But like, don't go gobble down water more than you can actually bear. You know, your bladder, your kidneys can only handle how much your body wants to handle. So if you don't feel like drinking but you know you really need to be drinking more, drink a little bit more, but don't go challenge yourself.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, what is this lottery playing with scales and challenges with your body and resets on Monday mornings? Like, you (laughs) guys, are you, like, serious?
1: And then they want to make sure that we're different from robots, but we do everything to connect ourselves to them. We do. We're programmed. We we, uh, follow numbers, such as the ones on the scale. We accept uh, weird challenges, you know, that make us do things we don't necessarily want to do. Uh, we're basically programmed by things that were defined only, you know, years ago. Like literally, things that are new to us. Like what did, I never. Heard of this challenge I love how before. you become an
0: expert, but I've literally had to like teach you all this stuff because uh, you were jumping on those band board boards before. I was. Before,
1: uh, I'm not gonna lie. At like uh, maybe 16, I thought it would be like a good idea. You know, you know the the myth that tells you that if you go pooping, you'll lose like, yes. weight. I thought that it might be a good idea to to try last tips and everyone was like, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard." And Not everyone.
0: I said that's the dumbest thing it. I've ever heard. And
1: I don't know why, but there's like this weird thing. It's like new trends come in every day, and one goes, and one comes, and
0: yeah. And comes. now, now, okay, we spoke about fiber yeah. so much because you know, like I come from a French family, so you know, our diet is high fiber in France. Um, And then I spoke a lot about fiber and then Lauren spoke about about fiber and it's become become this huge trend. And yeah, it's great that people are becoming aware that fiber is good for you and prevents a lot of cancers and cholesterol and all that good stuff. But now we have created a trend of fiber assholes. Have you ever met them? Because I've met a few. There's fiber assholes that send me messages and they have the weirdest Fiber calculations. Like I I mentioned it in in one of my previous podcasts. So I'm not going to repeat it because people will feel like they're hearing the same thing over and over. But you have some people that are literally, literally putting fiber in like a high carb food, like carb rich food, thinking that they're diminishing the carb intake. Like, and so they're stacking pancakes. And I want to talk about those portions and it's like, I call them the fiber assholes. Those people that are going to go eat like 100 ga- grams of carbs a day, which then is they, insane. They take the fiber and like, no,
1: but if you uh, subtract the fiber from the carbs, it makes an, a good number of carbs. Like, whatever.
0: I don't know. It's like, like I always say, it's like this equation is like the square it's root like, of yes. bullshit. But what we have to talk about is that the same goes for inulin. The inulin that we sell, that we recommend, tells you to have 5 grams. Those 5 grams, so that's 5 teaspoons, gives you about 27.5 grams of fiber a day. That's as far as I'll go with numbers because I don't give a shit what the fuck that means. All I can tell you is the reason why it doesn't give you the whole 35 grams you're supposed to have per day, or you could have more if you want to, is because I felt like... People need to go get their fiber from real food and don't rely on inulin. So if you're finishing, if I see your order coming in after a week, because you already finished your jar of simply inulin, I've put a label on you that you're an asshole. You're a fiber asshole. Unless your whole family is using that jar, you better not finish it in a week. No, but seriously. So yeah, you know, like everything with moderation, you know, it's 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 really I want people to get their intuition back. It's all it is. And it's free. Intuition is free. It's something that we all have. You don't have to be psychic, it's free. Yeah. Anyways, it was nice to have you sitting here, my little bitch, humble bitch. Yeah, it
1: was nice to my little it.
0: rapper. <laughs> and it was good. Oh, wait, 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 hard. wait. Can we talk good. about okay. your boyfriend yeah. situation? Mom, mom. No. Yes. Somebody asked about the other day when I was doing a live. Oh, we can talk about your boobs or your booty. Hopefully,
1: we're gonna talk about both.
0: Yeah, anything that makes you uncomfortable because that's fun. Don't give me that look. I wish you guys could see that look. Anyways, somebody asked how I deal with boys in your life. It's very
1: simple. There are
0: none. Uh, wait. Let me go take out my violin so I could stop playing and crying. You can want me you? Get with that? Yeah, please. You know why they are none? Because Savannah is not giving in to the slut trend. Yeah, you know I guess that we that's what call it it that.
1: That. I mean, I used to follow trends on other things like uh, fitness, but I guess the slut trend is the only thing I've never tried.
0: No, but what it is is um, somebody asked me that question during the life the other day, and it was a good question. She said she's a mom and her daughter is about your age, and she was worried about all the boys that we were swarming around. And we do have boys swarming around you, but you kind of reject that whole Instagram, Snapchat, private message that vanishes
1: Mm -hmm. um,
0: generation. And I think it's important to talk about, even though that's not my specialty, I'm still a mom. And ever so often when there was a guy that you really liked, I want to call them boys, but I feel like because of the stuff they ask for, they're no longer boys. They always ask you for like nudes and like pictures of you in a bra and you would send a picture of like your little toe or your thigh. And then we'd never hear the guy again or see the guy again. And I think that's contributed to you not meeting the right person yet. Um, And me worrying a lot less about you because you just don't want to give in to that, you know, sending yeah, like, of nudes and bras on the vanishing snapshots
1: of course i'm like i'm happy in a way you know to like let's say differ myself and not like diminish myself to something i'm not which would be you know something like vital i don't think it's nice for me or for anyone's reputation to go around sending myself my boobs or anything that wouldn't concern anyone and that's all they want from me then they obviously have an issue but it has its cons it's like in the end I kind of I always wonder and that could probably contribute to the confidence thing is why I only I don't have a boyfriend it's mostly because I wonder
0: all the time what would have happened but each time you had a boyfriend they never lasted very long you ended up not liking them because Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, all the noise of social media makes these boys expect so much more from a young girl than getting learning to discover her and, you know, giving her confidence. Uh, you know, it's not that you're a prude. It's not that I'm teaching you to be a prude at all. We no, we have open conversations about sex and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, social media gives these boys access to so much that they don't they want to bypass the getting to know you getting to seduce you getting to get you to fall in love they just want to see your nipples Mm -hmm. so yeah so which your nipples are nice Mm -hmm. i have to say and i love to squeeze your boobs in public and embarrass you and then she pulls my hair and then i pull her hair and people end up looking at us
1: very good witnesses of that (laughs) happening all the time. actually really embarrassing. I just met them she was like going around squeezing my boobs
0: yeah so on this I'm gonna squeeze your Ah. boob and um yeah thank you for coming on my podcast thank
1: you for having me I hope you guys everyone like mom said it would not only involve young girls my age but also maybe everyone can find a little piece of something that I said interesting to their own case so I hope uh, I could have shed some light on that for so you yes my little chatterbox always making everyone feel Nothing, can you that. sing for us please no i'm not singing please no she's trying to sign me up to the voice everyone
0: <sighs> she has a voice guys please help me get on her instagram and ask her to sing that's a great thing Stop. you guys no, we'll yes that now. um okay so i'm gonna do like no. the podcast thing that everybody does tell everyone where they can find you on instagram
1: okay you can find me at um sab so sab underscore dlm on instagram
0: yes guys go follow her and ask her to sing for us she has the voice of an angel and i promise i'm not just saying that
1: mom talking everyone just remember that's just mom talking love you love you too bitch
0: So before I go, I'm going to answer one last question because that's one I get a lot and I feel like a lot of people need to be informed about this. Um, Ken Smith asked, your thoughts on soy products? And I do have thoughts on soy products because those thoughts are related to hormones. Let me explain. Soy is known to have an effect of an estrogen mimicker. So you have to be quite careful when it comes to soy, it, it contains uh, phytoestrogens, um, And for females, as much as for male, um, it can distru- disrupt the endocrine system. So um, knowing that, if you are someone that, for example, is a, a vegetarian, so you consume a lot of tofu and a lot of soy products as an alternative to your other proteins that you're not eating, um, and you feel like you're gaining weight, like as people have told me, women have told me, when I became a vegetarian, I gained a lot of weight. That can and may be from soy consumption because it's an estrogen mimicker. And estrogen mimickers increase uh, estrogenic activity. And that will make you gain weight in your midsection, which is what I call your hormonal section. I've spoken about that before. So you want to be careful with consuming a little bit of soy is great and it has a lot of benefits health benefits but you want to be careful with constantly eating healthy food with traces of of soy in it because of those estrogen mimickers in them Um, yams also have some estrogen mimickers in them so you have to be careful if you're obsessed with yams and you eat a lot of them so I would say soy is okay if you have it once every three months, but if it's in everything you consume, like your lactose alternatives or, you know, in your veggie burgers and any other types of other alternatives you may use to consume less meat or less lactose, then you might want to be careful because too much consumption consumption will affect and disrupt your endocrine system. So just be careful with that. And that leads me to want to talk about about to talk about stevia and truvia. Um, stevia and Truvia also have estrogen mimickers. I've had people that have consumed it long enough that it's disrupted their periods. So you might want to be careful with those. Um, they are what we call a healthy alternative to sugar. But I kind of disagree. Um, there is no sugar uh, that... I disagree um, because I feel like the sweetness in stevia and Truvia, um and in most zero-calorie sweeteners can be too good to be true. Um, and sometimes your gut instinct will tell you so. Like sometimes if someone says, oh, you want a a sip of my diet Pepsi and that's all that's there, I'll have a sip and I'll feel like something is so off with that artificial sugar taste. And my gut instinct and literally the the gut tells you that something is wrong with it. So I would say to be really careful with those stevia and Truvia um, consumption. A little bit is okay. But the problem is that when you have them at home, you start feeling okay baking with them and putting them in your foods and your, your yogurts and your, your pancakes and, your, sh- and your, your coffee and your tea. But at the end of the day, the body is programmed to release insulin when your, mi- when your mouth tastes sweetness. So even if there's no sugar for the insulin to metabolize, I'd, I really would worry that it, it remains in the bloodstream and potentially leads to hypoglycemia. Um, and hypoglycemia is also, you know, bringing on anxiety and hunger, which comes from cortisol rising. But most importantly, you need to know that stevia and truvia do have estrogen mimickers so if you are are one of those people that's constantly buying things with those sugar alternatives even the sucrine that i use it has a trace of truvia, a trace the rest is made out of corn but still i consume i consume it very little i'm very careful with that stuff the rest of the time when i go out for a coffee or whatever i'll just ask for some brown sugar like the fuck you want sugar just eat sugar just don't eat too much of it but abusing of diet products that contain stevia or Truvia. My friend Dara the other day was showing um, chocolate chips and they had inulin in them and I was so thrilled. And then I went down on whatever she was showing and she also said, she said, you know, I, I'm not liking this because I had told her about the stevia and Truvia and it, has, it had stevia, I think, in it. Um, and we were like, oops, now you're making chocolate chip uh, cookies. That are gonna fuck up your estrogen levels. So that's great. You wanna be careful with those. Um even even though you see me using sucrine, which is not a high concentration of stevia nor trivia, it has a trace of it. Even with that, I would be careful. I would prefer you use brown sugar, a little bit of it, you know, unless you have a health issue or you know, diabetes or anything like that. But even with diabetes, you should be careful with those, those um, sugar alternatives. You know, uh, for me, my gut instinct just tells me to not use those. And the fact that I know there's estrogen mimickers in there really worries me. It worries me for my hormones because I know the hormones are so responsible for weight gain that is, something you can't control, the type of weight gain that you can't control, like you're literally not eating hamburgers and pizzas and pastas all the time and you're not eating a lot of shit and you don't understand why you gain weight, then it's your hormones and if you're one of those people that's so, you know, health, um, health-minded that you use sugar alternatives thinking you're doing a good thing and you might be doing an awful thing by, by consuming them, um, just be careful I think you need to steer clear of any type of artificial sweeteners, even if they're deemed natural, you know, just to be on the safe side, I would say. You know, um, it's, it's important to kind of use your intuition. You must know, I've tasted some diet products that are good for you, that have fiber in them and all that good stuff. And then when you taste them, they're extremely sweet. And then the package says no sugar added. If it doesn't taste like sugar, then there's no sugar. But if it tastes sweet, then worry that they tell you it's not sugar. And it's definitely some kind of other shit you shouldn't be putting into your body. You know, Um, there is some interesting stuff I've read about where at some point Stevia, there's an author, I can't remember the name of the book, but Stevia, she deemed it illegal in a specific carbohydrate diet. Because she says that stevia, a molecular structure, resembles that of a steroid. I believe in that. I've had a lot of clients who were swearing by stevia and truvia, making baked goods, you know, gluten-free stuff and gaining weight and periods completely messed up. And that's because they were consuming so much of it. And they were consuming products with it because they got so excited to find products with no sugar added, but rather stevia and truvia. And guess what? It totally fucked up, um, you know, their it totally fucked up their hormonal system. So you want to be careful with that stuff. You have to know my mom, she's a diabetic, not It's not a big deal. Like, you can't even, she doesn't get the injections or anything like that, but she takes medication for it. And um, she found that Stevia and Truvia have an impact on her blood sugar levels. So it spikes her blood sugar um, like other sweeteners. So I would say just be careful with that stuff. And it was important that I talk about it because I see so many people even preparing their inulin coffee with those. And I would say the worst of all these evils is going to be the sucrine, which I use once a day. But if I'm going to have a coffee again in the afternoon, I'm going to use real brown sugar. I mean, a half a teaspoon is not going to make you fat. Use brown sugar. That's what French people do. They use brown sugar. It's very, very classy and chic to go for a coffee. And ask the waiter, garçon, je pourrais avoir un peu de sucre brun, s'il vous plaît. Can I have some brown sugar, please? Um, So, you know, franchise yourself and ask for some brown sugar instead of putting estrogen mimickers in your body. And be careful with all these, you know, powders and supplements and stuff that claim to have no sugar added but taste very sweet. You might be fucking up with your estrogen It you might be fucking with your estrogen you don't want to do that it's still crazy how much stuff you know involved the hormones and yet we never talk about them so it was important for me to answer that question i hope you enjoyed this podcast we're on podcast number three i hope we're i'm getting better at it it was fun to have savannah on next week she is coming on to talk relationships and a ch- second chance at a happy life, and at love. I definitely am going to grill him about his ex-girlfriends. So if you're one of them, feel free to leave a voice message on the voice box. That would be fun. It's going to be a fun episode. If you have questions about relationships or, you know, eating healthy together, living a healthy lifestyle as a couple, anything that has to do with love and relationships and getting the guys' side of the story, or if you want to bust these chops with me, leave a message or send it on Instagram, and we'll be sure to take some of your questions. Um, you know you can get the inulin. I haven't spoken so much about it because I, I I feel like you guys are already experts when it comes to inulin. So you know you can find inulin on the website. Again, we will put uh, the link on the show notes so you guys can access um, the website and get your inulin. We shipped to the United States and everywhere else in the world. Um, I'm trying to think, has anyone asked me questions about inulin that I could answer on here? Um, so you guys can get your answers. I think I get a lot of questions about dosage when it comes to inulin. Um, and I have spoken about it earlier in the podcast, in this podcast episode, uh, when it comes to dos- dosage, it's five grams a day, which is five teaspoons of five serving scoops. And you can go over it because it's fiber and it's natural fiber. It's uh, pure fiber from artichoke root, Jerusalem artichoke root. But what I would say is the only time I go over it is when I add a little more in my food, like my omelet or my soup, um, because I've had it in my coffee and my tea earlier in the day or whatever. So if I add it in food, I might go a little bit over those five grams, but on a regular basis, I prefer you get the rest of your dietary fiber for the day from real food. I really can't stress that enough. And maybe that's not very commercial, but like I said, don't be a fiber asshole. Don't overdo it. At least not with supplements. You know, get it from your food. Um, You can also work out with me on the virtual platform. All you have to do is click the link on the show notes to have access to signing up for the membership. Um, I'm also coming out with, and I want to hear your thoughts about that. I'm coming out with um, short videos that we will put up for sale uh, for you guys to buy so you can work out with simply a towel. So it's a version of the method that looks like the flash workouts. So if you haven't tried my free flash workouts, go in the show notes and go try them. All you need is a mat and a towel. And if you like those, we're going to put out some videos that we're going to sell for those of you that are not ready to completely get your toes wet with the full method protocol with the equipment. You will have access to 20 minutes or 30 minute workouts with a towel that reenact and um, are very similar to master sessions we do with the reformer stick. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. It will be affordable. And like I said, you won't need any equipment. It will be 20, 30 minutes in your day. You'll be able to buy the video and have access to it for a month or two months. Um, I want to hear if that sounds cool to you. Uh, Make sure you send us your questions for the next podcast episode on our voice box. Uh, The link will be posted as well. So you can go through our podcast provider anchor and go on our account, pardon my French, and leave us a message. Make sure to leave me some comments on my latest pictures on Instagram and let me know how you liked the show. We definitely, definitely want some constructive criticism as well. So I can make the podcast experience listening experience more enjoyable for you and again if you have any questions you can ask them on instagram or leave them for us on our voice box i wish you a wonderful day wherever you are from beautiful monaco and i hope you enjoyed having savannah on make sure to follow her and let her know you want her to sing Have a lovely day, guys. Bye.